It is Wednesday, April 19th, and welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key to like system. Just one key to lock all your pad locks and doors. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. Yeah, Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson from Post Media along with you. Flames Talk available live on Sportsnet 960 The Fan on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever get you get your podcasts. Wes, don't you ever forget where you can get Flames Talk. Ever. You know, I'm excited. Not that I'm not excited about the podcast, but I, I just found out where the remote's kept so we could put a playoff game on. So, Wes is learning. As figured a, out where to get his headphones like, over the last number I, of weeks. I wouldn't say the Calder favorite here at Flames Talk, but I should be in the top three. I think you're in the mix. You'll be considered. As an internal candidate, you'll be considered. I appreciate that. Um, I don't think you meant it, but I appreciate it. You'll never know. You are one of my top three rotating co-hosts of Flamestock. Should we should we maybe talk about the top goalie since there's no question about that in the American Hockey League? Well, now that it's official, it is time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. The beer tastes better when it's bought from the place that cheers for your team. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. So for a second straight year and for the first time in American League history since this uh, trophy was uh, commemorated in 1984, Dustin Wolf is a back-to-back Goaltender of the year in the American League. It's been uh, in existence since 1984, and Dustin Wolf has won it the last two years, his only two years in the American Hockey League as a rookie and a sophomore. Check out these numbers for year two 42 10 and 2, a 932 save percentage, seven shutouts. He literally led the AHL in every goaltending category that matters. And then some. Like, I don't think goals against matters all that much. He let it there. Minutes played, let it there. Let it in save percentage, shutouts, and wins. Like, you name it. He led the American League in those categories this year. I don't... Nobody even came close in terms of wins. Like, he was 15 ahead or something when it came to wins. I, I don't know. Was there even another candidate in this conversation? And that's not even being flippant. Like, this was vote one, two, three, four, and five had to go to him. Absolutely. And and this is a repeat, as you said, back-to-back winner of the AHL's top goalie award. But I want to talk about the four-peat because going back to when he was selected by the Calgary Flames Ooh. in the seventh round, every league he's been he in. has yeah. been the goalie of the year in his league four straight. Back-to-back winner of the WHL's equivalent of the Vesna Trophy. Now, back-to-back winner of the AHL's equivalent of the Vesna Trophy. And I love this from Dustin Wolf because I asked him about it today. I asked him about winning four in a row. And this is what he had to say to me. At the end of my career, you get to go home and see all the hardware on your shelves. But the hardware I want on my shelf is right now a Calder Cup and a Stanley Cup eventually. This guy is so wired by team achievements. He He's quite frankly a little bit boring to talk to about awards because it's all back to his team. And please don't 
take that as a knock on Dustin Wolf. That's exactly you want what him you to want. Be boring. Yeah, that's exactly what you want. And uh, he's a fascinating kid to talk to. But when you ask him about the individual accolades, nah, I've got a good team in front of me. It's my job to stop the puck. I just want to win games. That is precisely what you want to hear. We were down at the Dome, both Wes and I, and a few of our media colleagues were down there on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Dustin spoke to the media, did a little bit with Wes, uh, did a little with, bit with uh, Olivia over at Wranglers TV, and then sat down in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge for a chat with us. Let's listen in to Dustin Wolf, the two-time reigning American League goaltender of the year. Here's our chat with him from earlier on Wednesday. Well, I guess, first of all, uh, and I know that I know that you probably had an idea that this was coming and, and this didn't necessarily catch you by surprise, but what uh, what does it mean to be a two-time AHL goalie of the year? No, it's super special. Um, very rewarding, to say the least. Um, you know, obviously, I don't receive this recognition without, you know, the 25 other guys in the locker room, not including or including the uh, the staff, our head coaches, and uh, obviously Scaps as well. And, um, you know, it's been a special last, you know, four years. You know, I've had a pretty good run going, but, um, you know, the, the run's really just starting now the next two months, so yeah. hopefully something truly special. So the uh, the season that, ha- that, that, that went down this year and the year that you had, you obviously have a, a great rookie season in the American League. What... What did you take into this past off season? Did you do anything differently than you had before, knowing that you had now a first full year in the American League under your belt? Yeah, I wouldn't say I necessarily did anything different, but um, you know, long season last year, you know, just knocked out in the third round there, or fourth round, considering the American League playoffs. Yeah, and um, you know, I think just try to try to enjoy yourself in the summer a bit. Um, you know, I go home for a little bit and uh, I go stay out in uh, LA with Eric Comrie and him and his family uh, and then obviously my summer goalie coach uh, James he's he's down there as well so lots of golf uh, not a whole lot of skating but yeah. uh, you know try to enjoy yourself but no coming into this year there was obviously kind of a fire under me that you know last year we came up just short and obviously want a better result so um, you know I've Scaps has been incredible for for myself, not only off the ice but but on the ice as well. And um, we've improved on some things that have obviously been able to show on the ice there. The uh, the year that the group has had on the ice, even better maybe in some ways than what you did last year. And you go into this postseason as as kind of Calder Cup or, or one of the Calder Cup favorites. Well. What was your field team-wise coming into the year? Did you feel like you had an opportunity to to really build on what you did last year? Yeah, it was hard to say. You know, um, our team last year was obviously un- incredible. You know, we went on a super deep run, and you know, we lost a lot of players. I think we lost like twelve or thirteen yeah. guys from that roster. Um, you know, obviously, happy for all of them to get new deals. You know, wherever else, where NHL deals get a chance to play. You're in the best league in the world, and um, obviously sad at the same time because you grow such bond with everybody. And um, so obviously a lot of new faces coming into the room this year. And you honestly wasn't too sure. You know, we start what two and five on the season, so you're not really certain how things are going to pan out. But next thing you know, you're first in the American League to finish the regular season. And um, you know, I think it just took a little bit of time for everybody to get 
you know, a company with one another, but yeah. everybody's kind of bonded pretty pretty smoothly. Yeah, talk to and and you've got uh, you as the two time goalie of the year. Your coach is now the two time reigning coach of the year in Mitch Love. And I, I spoke to Mitch on Monday after he won that award, and he talked about, geez, I I didn't know what to expect after a two and five start. He he felt he even uh, said that. I thought, you know, we might lose 50 games this year is what he said. And and then you turn it around like you did. What what went into that? What what went into such a dramatic turnaround like that? Yeah, I mean, you obviously don't want to start a season 2 and 5. You want to start the season 5 and 2 or whatever, but um you know, I think it it just took a little time like I said. You know, I wasn't necessarily at the peak of my performance at the start of the year. Um you know, I don't think our team necessarily got the balances we might have been rewarded for, but, um, you know, we just kind of stuck to the process of, you know, we know we have a good team. You know, after we started getting our role, we, we knew we had a good group. We knew we could, you know, score a lot of goals. Um, you know, our defense continued to, you know, do their thing and they're blocking shots and, um, you know, producing offensively. So it just, it just took maybe a little longer than some would have expected, but... Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the first month of the season doesn't matter. It's the last two. How uh, how cool is it to be going on this ride with Mitch, knowing how far you guys go back even to your to your junior days in the Western League? Yeah, obviously he was our assistant coach for my first year in Everett. Um, you know, obviously grew pretty pretty strong bond with him. He he ran the uh, the, the D Corps back there, and um, you know, me and Hardy he, he uh, ran the goalie skates. Um, when our goalie coach wasn't there and uh, so you know when I was able to reconnect with him last year and uh, I was obviously pretty comfortable I knew who he was how how he operated and um, you know obviously I'm not surprised that he's you know had coached the year two years in a row he's, he does an incredible job he demands a lot from each everybody everybody in there and um, you know obviously hopefully uh, he gets a, a next step here at yeah. some point Dustin Wolf's with us, AHL Goalie of the Year, second consecutive season. If you go back to the start of your American League career and, and that year where the Western League was a little delayed starting and, and you started with the Stockton Heat in Calgary that year and that first American League game did not go your way in any way, shape, or form. And I, I, I only bring it up because of the success that you've had since then. I'm just curious how you felt coming out of that first American League game and just what the the mental gymnastics you were doing there because you're not used to having games like that very often yeah no crazy enough I was actually dying laughing after that game yeah it was uh, <laughs> obviously it was a big moment first American League game um had just come back from from world juniors at that point through flames camp um you know guys are just starting the season it was a whole you know, mixed bag of, of guys, you know, guys from junior, guys that are, that were playing in the American League last year or the year prior to that. Um, so there was a lot of new faces, but, you know, the the lucky bounces just, just weren't there, right? We had like two or three go off of one guy and, yep. um, you know, it's kind of crazy to look back on now, but it was uh, one of those games where I, I legitimately was laughing. I was like, it, that first game couldn't have gotten any worse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh no it was certainly not the most enjoyable way for it to, to go but it's it, it works out now <laughs> and well and and I, I i imagine it didn't shake your confidence or anything like that about whether or not you could play at the next level hey no not at all um like i said there was bounces that weren't going my way and 
at the same time, it's your first game. There's an adjustment period, and uh, you know I think that's easy enough to say for for the game I played on Wednesday. Of, yeah. Um, you know there were nerves, and probably the first time I've really been nervous in a game, and who knows how long. And um, but no, it's as I, as that game went on, I got more settled and felt more comfortable. And you know I think that's just what what you need is experience and opportunity to play and. You know, I think in the American League now I've become super company with it. Know, you know, all the teams that we play against, we play them so many times. and um, So you know they're pre-scouts and you know how they like to operate. And it's, uh, I mean, I'm at a good comfort level for sure. We uh, we spoke to Jordan Sigalet the day after you made your start, and he talked about how that was kind of an emotional thing for him too. He was sitting up there in the press box. I was four seats away from him where we sit in our broadcast location, and I just saw him watching, and you could tell like it meant a lot to him to see you get in. Can you talk a little bit about your your relationship with Siggy and, and even how far back that goes? Yeah, I think Siggy is just like a dad figure to, to myself and, and the goalies in general. You know, He looks over everybody. Uh, make sure you're always you're always taken care of. Um, if you ever need something, he's always there for you. And um, you know, obviously, he probably had a big uh, say in, in picking me back in the draft. And um, obviously, super thankful for for him to take that uh, that jump for me. And obviously, I want to keep uh, showing him and the rest of the staff that you know they made a good choice with that selection. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully uh, time can continue to, to show that. You ever uh, – and I know you got asked this last Wednesday before the game. First of all, are you a guy that never talks on game days? Was that out of routine for you on Wednesday? No, it doesn't really matter okay. to me. I just kind of do whatever whatever okay. guys need. And uh, I think, like, it's kind of changed over time. Normally I probably wouldn't have talked maybe five years ago. But, um, you know, I've kind of just – I just try to enjoy myself. Okay. I try to, try to stay pretty loose and – uh, not really think about too much until I get back to the rink three hours before. Well, you said on that day that, you know, I, I think it was Ryan Leslie who asked you about, you know, do you ever reflect back on draft day and, and the journey and all that type of stuff? And it's been almost four years now since that day. Now that now that you've played in an NHL game and you're a two-time goalie of the year, how how do you look back on on draft day 2019? I remember I remember the scream in the crowd. I was uh, I was down on the floor and I saw the flames. Okay, you're like, oh, he's here, and and uh, I remember looking up and seeing you walking down. But how do you remember draft day? Yeah, obviously uh, day one, I went and sat there. Obviously had a bunch of buddies in the first yep. round, um, so I thought that was pretty cool to see guys that you grew up with getting selected and. Um, you wanted to be there for that moment because you probably don't get to sit in the draft again. And um, obviously, day two, I, my agent suspected probably between rounds three and five. But um, you know, as the rounds keep going on, and you don't see your name picked. You're maybe getting a little nervous. And uh, you know, there was a bunch of GMs or whatever that were going to make offers for me to go to camps. And this was probably beginning seventh round or so. Um, and I just happened to go sit back down in my seat for the last 15, 20 picks. And next thing you know, you hear your name called. So, um, no, I had a bunch of family and friends. And obviously a bunch of people from Everett were there. And Yeah. Um, no, it was su- certainly super special. And obviously grateful that the Flames took a chance. And if, as you were talking about that, 2019 was the year where all those national development team guys went in the first round, right? So that would have yeah. been pretty cool for you. Yeah, no, uh, you obviously grew up playing against them in, in ter- tournaments, playing with them in, in the summer. And, yeah. Um, yeah, you probably know probably 
two-thirds of the guys that get picked in that first round, so it's pretty cool. A few more with Dustin Wolf, AHL Goalie of the Year. Have you? Uh, I, I'm sure you've been at. Well, in fact, I know you've been asked about this. I think West probably just asked you about this a couple minutes ago. But the the potential to be American League MVP and the first guy since since Barb's to be a goaltender and win AHL MVP. We don't know if it's going to happen, but but if it did, how much how much would that mean to you? No, obviously that would be, you know, super super rewarding. Um, like I said, I I go out there each and every day and try to. You know, keep as many pucks out of my net as I can, and uh, you know the the 25 other guys in the room they do their job of making sure they limit their the opposing's opposition uh, chances. And uh, you know we've I'm I'm not sure if we led the league in scoring this year or not, but um, we scored a lot of goals. So I know if I if we keep it you know between under two or three that you know we have a pretty good chance of winning each and every game and. Um, no, obviously it'd be pretty pretty awesome for sure, but at the end of the day, I've, I want to win a championship, and that's that's what I want. At the end of the day, I want to ring on the finger. It's been uh, it's been one week since you made your NHL debut. How uh, how long is it? Does it feel like it's been one week? Does it feel like it's just yesterday? Like how uh, how has the last week or so been for you? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind for sure. Um, you know, obviously, find out Tuesday morning that you know I was going to get called up, and eventually later in the day, found out I was going to be playing. Um, obviously Daryl called me, Tree at the time had called me, um, just making sure I was, obviously got everything in order, make sure I was ready, for, ready to go tomorrow and, um, you know, everybody treated me so, so well, you know, all the guys, um, you know, it's, it's outstanding to be able to walk into a room and they treat you like family. So, um, it was nice to have my family in town, obviously lots of family and friends watching on TV. Still haven't replied to 100-plus text messages, <laughs> so apologies to anybody that I haven't gotten back to. Um, but, no, it's been good. Obviously, went right back to Abbotsford the next day, and I uh, got a win on Saturday to, to clinch the, uh, yeah. the regular season. And um, now we had a few days off, so it's been it's been a fun week, to say the least. I liked when, when you were asked about who you're going to be thinking about when you come out on the edge. Like, nobody, probably. <laughs> yeah. What, did, like, were you successful? Were you able to block everything out and, and treat it as much as you could, like just another game? Yeah, I think I did as best as I could. I, you know, I tend to not think about a whole lot during the game. Um, but I think the only thing I was thinking about was just trying to make that next save. And, um no, it's probably one of the first games I've had to crush some tums beforehand. So it's, uh, you know, you don't really, I don't ever feel nervous playing in the American League. So, um, you know, to get that first run of the belt. So hopefully uh, come next season there's maybe less jitters and, um, you know, they just try to help the team win. Shooters, did they notice any difference in terms of how they were placing shots and how accurate and everything guys were? I mean, in practice for sure, guys can shoot it. Um Obviously, Stony Bomb can can shoot yeah. it, and you don't want to be sitting in there for those. But um, no, everybody's so so skilled. You know, there's a there's a big step up from the American League, and uh, maybe it didn't necessarily show in the game, but um, you know, we did a great job of shutting shutting those sharks down. And um, you know, when I was on the bench during the preseason, watching uh, against the Oilers, you know, those guys took the puck around, and I just remember Vladdy uh, making save after save, and thinking to myself, man, I do not want to be in that net right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary out there. But, um, no, I think it's it's a lot easier uh, being in the net than it is watching from afar. Two more for you. First of all, you know that 
Jacob and and Dan are on the NHL squad. You've gotten into an NHL game. You you feel like you're on the right track. So what has the the messaging been from the Flames from Siggy in terms of the progression and when it's your time and all that type of stuff? What what is the the messaging been from the very top of of the organization? Yeah, I haven't really talked to them uh, too much about it lately. Um, obviously, they want me to continue to focus on the playoffs here. And obviously the end of the regular season in the last couple of weeks, but um, no, they just want me to play a lot of games and want me to have fun and um, they don't want me to just gain experience at, at the pro level and um, you know and just trying to help the team as much as I can with getting wins and um, being a leader in the room and um, you know I want to be able to make you know the staff's decisions hard on yep. what they're going to do next year and. Um, you know, it starts right now with the playoffs. You know, if you win a color cup, it probably makes their life a little harder. And um, at the end of the day, I'd much rather have a ring on the finger than anything else right now. So. How how are you? Uh, how's how's Dustin Wolf's patience? Are, they, <laughs> are you a guy that, that's been a struggle with at times in your career? Or, or do you feel like that's something that you're good at? Depends on the scenario. I think in the net, I'm patient for sure. But, um, you know, off the ice, you, I just try to, you know, focus on what I'm doing. And... Um, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm trying to get wins for our group. You know, I've been focused on, on the Wranglers this year. And, uh, you know, obviously I think you obviously want to play as many NHL games as possible. You want to get a chance to, to show what you can do. And, um, you know, I was grateful to get that, that game last week and kind of just show them that, you know, I can I can play this level. And, um, again, make their life live their life's hard, make their choices hard. And, um you know, come next season, I want to obviously have a good camp and, and uh, push them to make decisions that maybe they don't want to make right now. Last one, and I know you've talked about this before, but for those who haven't heard you explain it, can you talk about the, the pre-period routine <laughs> and the uh, the vert you get on that jump? Where How did it start? How did it become part of the Dustin Wolf tradition? I honestly have no idea how it started. <laughs> um, you know, Hartsey, uh Carter Hart, he... He had texted me asking me if I had copied him, and uh, I was like, "No, I don't know why I started it, where it came from, but I started it in my last year in Everett, and um, for whatever reason, it's just stuck." And uh, I was just telling Wes a bit ago that hopefully uh, my landing percentage stays at a hundred percent because there'd probably be some good pictures on Twitter if there wasn't. <laughs> Uh, congratulations, Dustin. That's awesome. Second straight American League Goaltender of the Year award. Congratulations on that. And more importantly, good luck in the Calder Cup playoffs with the Wranglers, hey? Yeah, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. That is Dustin Wolf. He joined us in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge a little earlier on Wednesday. Our exclusive chat with the first ever two-time consecutive winner of AHL Goaltender of the Year. And now the next question is... Is he your American League MVP? And I know there's a lot, well, everyone in the Flames organization, Wranglers, Flames, everywhere, the no blink of an eye, the answer to that question is yes. If you ask Daryl Sutter, if you ask Brad Pascal, if you ask Craig Conroy, if you ask Mitch Love, yeah, they believe he, Jordan Sigalette, Mackenzie Skapsky, Jason LaBarbera, I believe they all believe he should be the AHL MVP. That, uh, that's and, Friday, right? And I've asked a bunch of his teammates as well, and they'll certainly tell you, including Matthew Phillips, who I think might also be a candidate. You know, league record, 15 game-winning goals. He thinks Dustin Wolf's the MVP as well. Friday, we find that out, right? 
I think it was supposed to be Friday. The way the AHL does it is every day that they announce an award winner, they say, we're going to announce this one tomorrow. My understanding is Friday was the target date, Okay, but we'll probably know for sure tomorrow if it's for sure the next day. Okay, fair. That's a convoluted but fair way of putting it. I, try to, I, don't, I don't really know how else you could have put you it. You know, when you're trying to hit a word count, you, you don't always go right to the fair. chase. Yeah. He, um... It's a fascinating, I asked him there about, you know, kind of the plan. And we asked Jordan Sigalet about that last week when he joined us. As Terrific well. interview, by the way. Really, really good With stuff. With Wolf, yeah, he, yeah was, he was. Really good stuff. You know, there's something about that uh, Doug Lacey Space Systems hot stove lounge. It's like the. If those walls could talk, baby. Just like sit down. He's instantly, you're like, I'm in a broom closet and I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm at home. I'm ready to bear my soul. The way that the flames handle this is going to be fascinating and I was very adamant all season long while the Calgary Flames were struggling on the ice and specifically in the crease that I am dead set opposed to bringing Dustin Wolf in and putting him in the middle of that mess and even if they don't say so they would be asking him to try to fix their season and and solve their goaltending woes and and I was dead set 100% 100% opposed to doing that in season until they were done. And I was 100% on board with him starting game 82 that meant nothing. But while their season was still on the balance, I felt Dustin Wolf in the American League is where he belongs for the rest of this year. And I've been very adamant on post-game shows, talking to callers and texters that you don't need to rush this. You can slow play this and deliberately slow play this if you want. But I do think in saying slow play this, And I think it's important as the time goes along so as not to lose the player and and to keep him progressing through. I think you need to take that next step next season. And while I am not of the opinion that you trade one of your goaltenders away this summer, I know others are to make room for Dustin. I think you have an opportunity to, we we talked a little bit to, to Siggy about this, but I think you have an opportunity to maybe sneak him into some games as an American League goaltender, get him to play some games in the American League during the week and maybe get a weekend game in with the Flames or vice versa. And I know the schedules, the, the American League team can be on the road while the Flames are at home. But a lot of times, American League, you play two games on the road and then come back. And I just think if you have an ability with the team and, and you'll go a week without playing games in the American League, you have an opportunity to sneak him into games next year at the NHL level without carrying three goaltenders all year and without turning that into a three-headed practice monster while still getting Dustin enough work is what? He'll be a 22-year-old next year? Yeah, just turned 22 last weekend. So he'll be 22 next year. You'll still be able to get him enough work. So maybe you take away some American League starts and supplement those with NHL starts. Maybe he goes from zero NHL starts in year one pro hockey to one in year two. And maybe next year it's 12 or 13. And you still have Vladar and Markstrom there as well. You're cutting down on Markstrom's workload in, in doing that. I think that is more desirable than trading away one of your goalies this offseason. And maybe midway through getting him 12 or 13, you say, okay, you know what? We believe this kid's ready. Then maybe you can start to plant those seeds about moving one of the other goalies. I just, 
and maybe I'm being too cautious about it, and maybe the text line says, Pat, would you would you take a swing for once? I just I would be more cautious about this because goaltending is such a stupid position. I would much rather them deliberately slow play it than deliberately rush it. That's where I am with Wolf because he is such a damn good goaltending prospect. Make it so that when the NHL is opened up for him, that he is damn ready for it. And it's not like Carter Hart hasn't had his... He mentioned Carter Hart a couple of times in that interview. He's had some real up-and-down struggles in what I believe is being rushed to the NHL when they didn't necessarily have to in Philadelphia. I think if I can be the devil's advocate, the flip side of your argument, and maybe devil's advocate is not the right way to put it, because I'm not sure I'm advocating for Dustin Wolf to be a full-time NHLer next season, but I wonder, and I think if he's in the minors next December, not getting a lot of NHL playing time, he is fair to wonder, what more does Dustin Wolf have to prove at the AHL level? He's now been the goalie of the year in that league in his first two seasons. He is one of eight goalies in AHL history to win 40 games. The last legit goaltending prospect to do that was Ryan Miller. And Ryan Miller! <laughs> and they just raised his banner, right? They, yeah. they raised his jersey to the rafters. And so I'm not saying he can't spend more time in the minors, but but what what more can he prove or accomplish there? You know, you could, if circumstances were different, say, well, we, you know, we want him to be a workhorse. We want him to play more. Well, he can't play much more in the minors than he did this season. Agreed. And so maybe your solution where he comes up for spot starts works, although I wonder how much, and I'd love to talk to those who know more about the situation in Buffalo where they, they sort of did that this year. That can be a distraction in its own right. And so I wonder how they think that worked at the NHL level. But where we agree is that Dustin Wolf is going to need to play some yeah. NHL games, especially if his AHL numbers and, and maybe his preseason performance factors into this as well. If he's just absolutely banging on the door still, you have to figure out to get how to get him in some games. And I think... I think there is a little bit of urgency that the Flames didn't anticipate because they, I don't think their most lofty projections had Dustin Wolf being this This, dominant in the AHL at this point. I think, here's what I know, and we can dispute to what extent, and on the text line you can agree or disagree, and, and look, I don't think you're necessarily, like I don't think you're off base or being silly by saying they should move a goalie and push Wolf in next year. I get it. I'm just more, I'm, I'm taking more of a cautious approach, but where I think we all can agree is that there needs to be, and, and I've, I've even changed my tune a little bit on this. I think there needs to be a step next year, but it's the extent of that step in terms of how much he's playing in the NHL. You know, you can, there, there's kind of, there's, there's, He's in the AHL all year next year, which I don't think would be the worst thing. But to your point, you also have to manage the player. You have kind of this hybrid idea that, that I'm throwing out there. You have him full-time as a backup, or you have him full-time as a starter. So there's kind of the four options. I don't think he's ready for option four yet, but who the hell knows? Maybe he would be. 
I'm, I'm done limiting this young man. <laughs> that, that seems silly to do. You have the number three option, which I think is plausible, but not where I'm at, which is him as the full-time backup. You have the number two option, which is the hybrid American League NHL. And to me, that is most desirable. But of those four steps, I, I don't think, like, I think you could make solid arguments for all four of them. And I think that somebody listening right now, if there were four different people listening on four different podcast platforms, for instance, Apple, Spotify, Google, or Amazon, if you're listening on any one or of those four, wherever you get your podcast, perhaps another podcast platform. You probably have four different opinions yep. of, of those four different options as to what should happen next year. Quite frankly, I think at the Saddle Dome, you need to be flexible because you need to have a plan to protect Dustin Wolf if that's what his play or, or his readiness early next season dictates. And you need to have a plan to promote Dustin Wolf if he comes in in training camp and shows that it's time for that. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think you need to have a number of different contingency plans in place. As this text comes in at 960-960, can't handle another season of poor goaltending. You give whoever has the best camp a chance to run it. I think there's legitimacy in that. Uh, this says from Ruben, Pat, don't kid yourself. Daryl will never play Wolf in any meaningful game ever. I don't know about that. I don't know about any game ever. But I do think that skepticism is fair about it happening next year. If Jacob Markstrom is in the fold and Dan Vladar is in the fold, I think Daryl is going to lean towards those guys, regardless of what Dustin has proved. We know what Daryl's all about. You are in the American League for X amount of time, and then you're there. Like he's very, very adamant about those steps. Um, and I think it's fair to question whether or not Daryl Sutter would be okay with giving him whether it's my hybrid idea or the full-time backup idea or whatever. I think it's fair to to question and wonder if Daryl would be on board with that. Daryl also told us a week ago today that he is one of the people who thinks Dustin Wolf's the AHL MVP. And so this is a young man that he has seen play a lot of hockey this season. And I, I think it all comes down to, to training camp and, and, perhaps the start of the season. I, I, I would assume Dustin starts with the Wranglers again, but I think they need to be, they need to be flexible because you can't, yes, I'm all for the idea of over ripening your prospects, but you can't have them bored with the AHL. If there's nothing left to prove there now, let's see what the playoffs hold. Let's see what training camp holds all that fun stuff. But Dustin Wolf is really making a case that, they might need to make some room for him sooner than later. Uh, this says, what about option five? Trade his rights. I would not do that. Uh, I, I really would not do no that. No way. Untouchable as, as of right now. You like you took a massive swing on this kid in the seventh round of a draft. He is the most encouraging goaltending prospect you've had since... Mike Vernon? I was going to say John Sebastian Jaguar, but we're going back a, a long, long, long time since Craig Conroy was younger than you and I are, to use your reference point from earlier. Good throwback to last So <laughs> you, you have to figure out what you have here. I really believe that. The, you've been dying to find a goalie for so long. I, I think the idea of trading him away at this point just, just doesn't make sense.
Uh, and uh, this reads, I'd also want to keep his chance of rookie of the year intact. He can be the most decorated goalie in Flames history. Also interesting to keep that in mind uh, as we move forward. There's your look inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Calgary's is the only family of products curated for the tastes of Calgarians, and you'll only find them at Calgary Co-op. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Flames Talk is live on Calgary's hockey station. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Well, as we roll on this hour... We know that there are a significant number of players that are entering the final year of contracts for next season. Nikita Zadorov is one of them. And I just, I, I don't think this guy should be lost in the shuffle when we talk about futures with the team. Because obviously Lindholm and Backlund are getting a ton of it. Hanif and Tanev get a lot of it. But Nikita Zadorov and Toffoli is, is in that mix after his career season, of course, but... You know, Nikita Zadorov's been a pretty good fit on this team in his first two years as member of the Flames. And and so he came here, signed, got, got traded as a restricted free agent, signed a one-year deal, which brought him to unrestricted free agency. As a UFA, signed back in Calgary, uh, signed a two-year deal, and now is entering year two of that two-year deal. And he was pretty adamant last Friday when we spoke to him on Locker Cleanout Day that he would like to remain a member of the Calgary Flames. I love here for sure. Yeah, I, I told my family, told my wife, I would love to be a Calgary Flame forever. Yeah, no, I actually enjoyed it these two years, kind of living in Canada, living in in, in Calgary, and then the every person I met here has been unbelievable to me and I, I like the where the franchise is going and I think I see a lot of future in here so definitely for sure and I'm kind of of two minds on this one because on the one hand there's been a lot of people who have texted in about okay well if you're going in a different direction or if you're looking to you know sell high on somebody is there somebody that you can sell high on more than Nikita Zadorov and I think that there is validity to that but I lean slightly to the other side, especially knowing what has gone down the last few years. Guys who want to be here and who adamantly want to be here, like he just said, I think there's value in that. And and with a two-tiered NHL right now, or maybe even a three-tiered NHL in terms of markets, Canada sometimes comes towards the bottom of the list. Small markets sometimes towards the bottom of the list. Look, we are born and raised Calgarians and Calgaryan area ins, Cochrane and Calgary. Like we're born and raised in this city. We love this town. I I would take a bullet for this city. I like I would vouch for it ten times out of ten. But I get it. It ain't Chicago. It ain't New York. It ain't L.A. It ain't Miami. Like I get it. So guys who want to play in Canada, guys who want to play in Calgary, guys who want to stay here, I think there's value to that as well. So. When you talk about what should Zadorov's future be, yes, I get the idea that you could absolutely get a pretty solid haul for him on a pretty decent value contract if you were to trade him this summer. I lean more towards seeing if you can't get him as a guy still in his 20s to maybe sign as opposed to another two-year deal. Maybe you're thinking about signing a three- or four-year deal the next time because 
he's a guy who has been a nice fit as a member of this organization. He's also the sort of building block that I think every franchise needs a few of. And when I say that, I'm thinking of his honesty. And he is brutally honest with us. And I absolutely believe that it's the same behind the scenes. And you can't have too many guys who think everything is going to be all right. And I'm not sure that the Flames have too many guys like that. But you need some guys who are willing to say, hey, boys, bleep this. Here's what I think. And I really believe Nikita Zadorov's one of those. And I think that is valuable in the mix and in the culture in the locker room. And he was very adamant on Friday as well about liking the direction the team's going in. And and now we didn't know at the time that he was outgoing general manager, Brad Living, but... He was he was very, very praiseful of the work that Brad did this past summer. And I know you're just about to tee up that clip, but this was one of the first things I thought of. I, I actually didn't think that much of it when it happened. And then when the announcement came down Monday, this spiel from Nikita Zadorov was one of the first things to pop into my mind. And this was him when when asked about the this season and how frustrating it was. We lost two superstars last year, right, two 100-point guys. So you, uh, the the management tried to scramble that thing. Tree, actually, you got to give him credit. Like, like the first GM ever probably didn't get fired after he lost two guys, right? <laughs> so it was... It was uh, it was a really good summer for him. I think he he kind of like limited damage for sure. He brought UB, he brought Nas. They're really good players for us. Yes, it takes time for them to adjust. And I mean, I personally believe they're going to be unbelievable for this franchise for a long time, and they have long contracts here. So, Wigsy has been really good. He picked it up during the year. I think he was our best D-man past 40 games for sure. So you get a like. I mean, it was just it was just a tough year overall. Like like. It was just lots of ups and downs and not enough consistency, like I said. But I think the management like did a good job. Like it, it was tough summer for our franchise, so like they did a good job to replace the guys for sure. That was Nikita Zadorov on Friday. I just I really do think there is value to having guys who believe in where the team is going, who are energized by playing in Canada, energized by playing in the city. Like, I think that Nikita looks at Calgary as, uh, first of all, he's from Moscow, so he's used to winners. Um, and it's not like that's brand new. He's got, he's got the, the, what is it, the moose knuckle? He's got, the, he's got all kinds of winter gear. The moose knuckle, the, the jackets, the one with the big, uh, the big, you should have seen the jacket he was wearing last year. Moose knuckles jacket with the gold every, oh, it was, I couldn't pull it off. He can. Um, I digress. He wants to be here. Yeah. He wants to win here. I don't know. I, I think there's value in that. And if it were me, I'm not saying you have to sign him to an extension on July 1st, but he's one of the guys. I just remember how many likes the tweet I got that I, I sent out that, that quote where he says, I'd like to be a flame for life. I told my wife, I'd like to be a Calgary flame for life. It got that. That was the one that got the most love on Friday. It may not have been the one that got the most attention, but the most love. I just, I, I do think that there is a lot to be said about a guy who wants to be in the market. And and when we just played his comments about management, that's part of it. But when he says he likes the direction of the Flames, he's also a believer in what 
Daryl Sutter is selling. And I know there's a lot of controversy around Daryl about the rumored rift with players about why he couldn't get the best out of guys about, I, I know there's a possibility as Don Maloney told us that he's going to review everything and maybe Daryl's not back. But if Daryl is back, you need guys in the locker room who are believers in what he's selling. And they might not all be, but Nikita Zadorov can point to himself as an example of a guy who kind of bought in and it's helped him. And I think if Daryl's back, and, and I'm not sure he will be, but Nikita can be a valuable leader in, in trying to have everyone on board too. And, and listen, maybe a change is the best thing, but if Daryl's back, you're going to need the guys on board. Yep. I, and I think, is he is he sometimes prone to some, wait a second, what are you doing there? Moments? He can be a little too exciting. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. But I think that has gotten better in his two seasons as a member of the Flames. He also doubled his goal total this year. Yep. Got a hat trick on night 82. I don't know. I just think that there is something to be said about guys who are full-time guys who want to be here and maybe factoring them into your long-term plans. You can't, you're not turning over the entire roster. You might have some really tough decisions to make, or they might make the decision for you on some of these upcoming free agents, but you can't turn the whole thing over. So we start to wrap up this hour. Thanks to Taylor. Thanks to Taylor. And thanks to Cam. Uh, Just always got to make sure everyone. Did you mention Taylor? Taylor as well. You forget one person one time, or you misspeak one time, you never live it down. For Wes, Speaking I'm Pat, of turmoil. That'll do it for this hour of Flames Talk. It's been the Sports uh, sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key to like system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.